Hey everybody, this is Don Newman and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. Uh, this show is all about uh, teaching uh, you and I how we can live a life that lives on even after our own lifetime has ended. It's all about creating a lasting legacy. And today I have a very special guest, uh, someone I have known for many years. I actually uh, thought about doing this interview much earlier than today, so I'm so glad that as I close out this year in this episode that I'm going to be able to spend it with my very good friend and pastor, uh, Kevin Craig. Kevin, welcome to the show. My friend, thank you for having me. Love you and Tracy and your family a whole lot and love the ministry that you have and the impact you have on our, our group and family and me personally. Just um, love being in friendship relationship with you. That's awesome. I, uh, you and I have known each other, what, about 30 years now? Well, 1988, so, so more than that. Um, let's see, 18, so 32, 33 years wow. now. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, you, yeah, we were, we, were, we were young and didn't know what we were doing last week when we young, met. Young, dumb, and had hair. That's, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, truthfully, you might have had more then. I, didn't, I really didn't have a lot more than I have now. It's, it's been <laughs> The only thing I did was I, I gave up the comb over, you know, when you, when people would comb it from the ear all the way over to cover, yeah. I just said, you know what, let's just free it. Let's, let's just go freestyle. And <laughs> there you go. I never forget. You had me, uh, preach, uh, my very first sermon, uh, and it was strike force, the youth group. Yes. And, uh, you know, anytime you're preaching your first sermon, you know what you got to do. You got to go through every book, lexicon, everything, and spend a week preparing because this is your first chance. So here I am coming in on Wednesday night preaching, and I remember the title of it. It was called <clears throat> Being a Living Martyr. And those four <laughs> kids, all they thought was, are we going to get to Burger King tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the fun, the fun times that we've had, we've had, we've had quite a few. And, and of course you're, uh, you're just a big part of my life, not only as my friend, but as a pastor, you know, we, we could take, we could take this entire time to talk about many of the things that we've seen God do just in the last couple of years and Boy, that the truth? eat up a tremendous time. You know, this year, you know, uh, we're getting to the end of 2020 and, you know, I share that on this broadcast because I want people to realize what the context of what we're going to talk about, because, man, this this has been quite the year. Uh, you and I, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're looking forward to, you know, uh, the Passover time, different times that we look at and, 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 you know, draw things from spiritually, had no idea we'd be December and still facing this. And so, you know, I know that the, the title of this broadcast, I usually share it at the beginning, but uh, I wanted to get in and talk with you and I for just a little bit. Uh, the title of this is Storm Thriving, Growing Through the Difficulties of Life to Become the Person You Were Destined to Become. Now, this title I am taking from you because I'm so excited, and we'll talk later about your first book that will be coming out. But the thing I love is I've heard this book little pieces of it here, little pieces there. So I know you're passionate about, uh, you know, not just surviving, as you say, sure. but thriving. And so <clears throat> I wanted to have you on here to, to share, you know, what, what is, you know, what is uh, thriving, you know, storm thriving? What, what does that mean to you? But before you share that, 
talk a little bit about just some things that maybe you've learned this last year of 2020 of kind of what we're hoping to get through and get on to 2021 now. Uh, well, you know, we, you and I kid and Kelly and I kid all the time about this. We're, we're trying to figure out how soon is it before we can use 2020 as a, as a cuss word, you know, like what the 2020 is going on here. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we were talking about this with our kids the other day. I mean, how, how long does it take for us to kind of look back on this year and it to be a marked time in our history? You know, when, we, yeah. we began to, you know, to see a monumental uh, shift uh, in, uh, I mean, I think you were talking about shifts long before we ever got to this year. And I, th I think this is really what, you know, whether you realize that's what you were prophesying and saying, mm -hmm. I, I think that's really what's happened is we, we have had to shift our whole thinking on how to do business. I mean, we've got businesses that have figured out that they can be uh, way more efficient, um, yeah. you know, than their, than their normal way of doing it forced them to think outside the box. And, and um, we, we're certainly, what we're going to see is we're going to see the entire workforce morph into a different way of work. And it'll make some jobs that were uh, deemed uh, so necessary uh, disappear. And it'll make others that were obsolete all of a sudden become vitally important. Uh, I mean, we know that from our, our media position here at the church went from, it's nice to have that to, oh my goodness if we don't have that we can't we can't continue wow. and um, you know so we're, we're begun to see that and I think that's really the the shift that's happened because I, I believe that as we move forward God has got to resource ministry differently and um, so I, I think that uh, if nothing else it's made us think in those terms um, I think that's exactly what's happened this year I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure we'll see the full effects uh, for several years down the road still of all the things that, that God has done and is doing uh, in his people, um, in business, uh, in the marketplace, uh, in the individual church makeup, and in the apostolic gatherings. I think it's just going to be a, I, I think, I think the, uh, it's almost like he's blown it up and not, not him personally, but you know, he's used this yeah. to, to, to blow up some old mindsets. I mean, we had this conversation with our leadership team, I basically looked at them and said, you realize that we basically get to replant a church with 600 people. Hmm. I mean, basically wow, because wow. everything has been so shut down other than being able to have a service and doing a few things, uh, internet wise. Um, but all of a sudden now we were, we're looking at things that we used to do that drove our calendar. And I'm saying, you know, is that we've lived without that for a year now. Don't you think we could just do without it from now on? And so now I feel like we can look back and really say, this is essential. This is not essential. And so I think, I think really be honest with you. I think that's what will end up coming out of this year is that we will just figure out what's essential and what's not. And um, so, so that's, that's kind of my feeling on a practical level. I mean, prophetically, I believe that was what was being said about this year. Uh, just in a, in a, in a capsule. I think the practical has been, we've begun to see that, you know, I mean, we, we, could, we could go into detailed prophetic words and detailed yeah, yeah. instruction, but I think at the end of the day, uh, God has to get us ready uh, for this. I mean, let's go back to February. I was thinking about this last night watching the, the Chiefs of the Dolphins. That, that seems like a long time ago. That is like a lifetime ago. But, you know, in February, that word 
from Bob Jones from the 1980s was fulfilled. Hey, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, there is going to be a, a, a global move of God. Isn't it interesting? It was a global move of the wind of the Holy Spirit was actually the, the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that no more than three, four weeks later, the world was shut down because of breathing issues, lung issues, uh, this, this virus that just exploded that, you know, that got in people's lungs. And, and that was the danger, you know, that it, it would destroy their breath, ability to breathe and be on ventilators. And, and nobody knew where this was going. And, and now we're still in the effects, the after effects of it. You've got people that are um, in high risk categories that are housing at home. I mean, there are people that are vital part of our church. We haven't seen since March. Wow. Just have not seen them in the building. So, so I think looking back at that, God had to, because the reality is this, we, you know, I've got you and some others that we talk about this regularly. Had we been left to our own, there is no doubt that we would have probably gone back to an old way of doing things to try to usher in this wind of revival. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do, right? We, we go to proven methods. And I think what the Lord basically said is, yes, I, I'm fulfilling that word, but I'm going to need to swipe everything off the books and do it in a brand new way. And so I think, I think that God has got us set and ready for that. Um, it makes me uneasy. It makes me nervous. Um, so hopefully what I've learned this year makes me a little more, um, a little more prepared to deal with it is what I hope. (laughs) Yeah. It almost seems like there are some things that, you know, we try to change ourselves, but you know, I love the word and I won't go down this path because we take all day, but the hinge of history. Yes. Well, when a hinge moment is a, is a, shift a big shift where things are never the same again and you can go back and look at world war ii i mean you can look at different times when you had that type of movement uh you know the the saying that i've heard and i've heard it from you and heard it from a lot of other church leaders there is no going back to normal you know there's there's only going forward into what's ahead of us so yeah we could talk all day long obviously you know uh hopefully this tape uh, tape session will outlive us and somebody one day will go, man, can you believe these two uh, ball headed guys that are talking about how bad it was? Was it really that bad? And uh, yes, it was, but that's the storm that we've been through. So let's talk about what is storm thriving? Cause I love that title and I love that concept. Why don't you just share about that? Uh, you know, the word thrive is uh, where I got introduced to this word. Interestingly, was years ago when we started meeting with our, you know, you do, our kids were in elementary school and middle school, and especially elementary school. We have four daughters. Um, they're just, you know, doing incredible at this point in their lives. But uh, we would go meet with their teachers for that, you know, uh, annual or biannual teacher parent meeting. And one of the words that when they were doing well, we would notice at the bottom of their report card was she is thriving. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I'm one of those people that when I see those words that catch my attention, I just kind of write them off to the side thinking that's, that's an interesting word. And I realized um, at the more I began looking at this in one translation of scripture, the word thrive appears in Psalm 105 when it talks about what the Lord did for his people after he brought them out of Egypt. It says in Psalm um, 105 verse 37, it says he brought them out. And this was the description of what thriving was. Uh, He brought them out with silver and gold. There was none feeble among his tribes. Egypt was, the enemy was glad when they departed. He spread a cloud for covering and a fire to give light in the night. He provided 
quail each day to eat and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It ran in dry places like a river. He remembered his promise that he made to Abraham. He brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. And he gave them the land that they inherited from the nations that they might, I love this, that they might remember or observe his statutes and keep his laws. Um, and so that's, that was kind of the, the thought, once I saw that word, I went back and said, this, this idea of thriving is not just this cool, trendy word. It actually has a real scriptural definition of deliverance, of prosperity and blessing, of the enemy being so terrified of you because of what the Lord's done that he wants you to leave. And when he wants you to leave, he, he doesn't just tell you to leave. He sends you away with his money and his resources. And, um, and the Lord... Uh, you know, leads you with a, with a cloud by day and a fire by night. He satisfies you with everything that you need physically, emotionally, spiritually. And when you run into a bump, he opens a rock and, and makes sure water gushes out. Wow. And all of this is so that you can have joy and peace and prosperity. And I love this because it's something uh, I think you preached here one time and it always, um, you know, when you, when you keep something, it's a keepsake, uh, you know, you think about the scripture saying, keep the law. Well, keeping something is not something you have a regiment yourself to. It's something you value so much. You hang it up as a keepsake. And, you know, that's one of the reasons the picture's on the wall. It's a keepsake. Somebody that gave it to me for a, a gift years ago. And I just, I love the picture. So that's why I taped some stuff in front of it. But um, that's basically what, you know, the law was supposed to be for them is it was a, a keepsake. It was not a regimented how you get God to accept you, but it was a a keepsake, um, you know, like a, wow, look at what God's done for us. And, and, and that's the idea of what thriving is all about. It's a very specific thing that talks about progress and breakthrough and deliverance and crossing over and how to move uh, even in difficulty in, uh, in and out of the processes of God and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's the idea of the name thrive and thriving. And, you know, certainly we shifted the church to, to that name. It's Thrive Church now. I mean, we, that's, I believe so much, not just in a regional location, but a visionary statement of, of everything that our life is about. Um, you know, when we talk about, th you know, that word, it's even the acronym for, if you want to process into this church, it's, it's T-H-R-I-V-E. It's, it's uh, true identity discovery, helping and serving others in, in need, realigning with kingdom culture, investing our resources in, um, in kingdom projects, uh, visioning through spiritual gifts and engaging in spiritual community. And, you know, I tell everybody that comes here, yeah, I'll preach on this several times a year because I want that when somebody says, what church do you go to that that spills out right. that we're not just gathering, but that is an investment in life. Now the, the storm part is very simple. I figured this out about storms. Uh, there is no such thing as avoiding them. They're coming. I mean, I mean, for those of us that live in Florida, we know every year in June, all the way to the end of November, we know hurricane season is coming. And, and you can buy a generator right now for about a third of the price, but you wait till about May. Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly, if you wait until they name a storm and it's, you know, in the cone of uncertainty, the generator price goes out the roof. And, you know, we've done this. We go to the store and there's no water and there's no supplies and there's no food. Why? Well, because storms are inevitable. Storms are inevitable and they're in scripture. I noticed this about storms. This, it's one of the opening chapters for the reason I want to write the book hmm. uh, about storms. You, you know, 
when you have a storm and it is inevitable that we're going to have it, it's not, it's not even in question Mm. that that we're going to have a storm or not. You're going to have a storm. I'm going to have, we're going to have those storms in life where we, we've just got to, we're going to have to navigate them through week through them. We can't, we can't avoid them and go around them. You're just going to have to, you're going to have to go through. I noticed a couple of things. Um, the options are simply this. Sometimes the Lord lets you speak to a storm. Remember when he's out on the water, he's asleep in the bottom of the boat. They come and get him. They said, Lord, don't you love us? And he comes out on the edge of the boat. He speaks to the storm and it immediately goes away. And they're, they, they marvel. Wow. Who is, who is this that even the elements obey him? So I, I find there are times that you can quote your favorite scripture and say your favorite prayer and, you know, have somebody release the anointing and, and, um, and, and it, it, it goes away. It dies down. And I love, I'll be honest. I love those. I love those storms. You speak to I me. Mean, we had that happen recently. You know, we shared the testimony yesterday. We had a leader in our church that had a stroke. Uh, he couldn't walk, um, couldn't speak. You know, one of our dear friends, um, mm. they're leaders wow. and took him to the hospital and I, he called me. We just began to speak and say, Lord, this is a season of miracles. I speak to that and tell it to go away. They started running tests. They confirmed he had a stroke. And the more tests they did, they saw no residual effect. Wow. None. No, I mean, not occupationally, not verbally, not physically. And basically said, we need to, ta- we need to adjust when you take your medicine. And basically said, we don't see any residual effects. And in a day, he couldn't walk, couldn't feel his left side, and he got up and walked out of the hospital a day and a half later. I love when you can speak to a storm. Amen. And it goes away. There are other times that, that you that you get to walk on top of it. I like these too. Remember the disciples are in the middle of the sea, and Jesus comes walking out on the sea, and here's the apostle Peter. He says, if that's you, let me, let me walk to you. And sure enough, he jumps out of the water and gets halfway there you know, and sinks and Jesus has to lift him up. I, I, I love that because uh, the, the truth is this, you know, you, all of us are going to jump out of the boat. If we jump out, one of two things is going to happen. Either we walk on it and have a victory or we sink. But the good news, if we sink, he's going to reach down and grab us and pull us out of it. So either way it works out, you, you know, he's either going to rescue you or you're going to have a, a, a marvelous victory. But, but, but sometimes you can walk on it. Other times you just have to hold on. I think about the apostle Paul, you know, when he's in the middle of the ship, you know, when they're taking him, uh, you know, in the boat to, to Rome to basically he's going to end up being in shackles there and in prison there. And, and, um, while he's on the way, the, the ship, you know, explodes and they're all floating in the water and he's prayed and he says, look, there is no escape from this. You better get something and hold on. We're going, we're going to make it to the shore. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to die, but, but this is not going to end well with the ship. It's, it's going down. And so you just better hold on. So I find that, that storms are inevitable. Some you get to speak to, some you get to walk on. Sometimes you just have to hold on and go through. Uh, the cool part, uh, the last part about this, the cool part though is this, every storm I saw in scripture only happened because they were going to the other side. It didn't happen because they were sitting still. They were actually going somewhere and God was doing something when the storm happened. So the good news for you and I, and for those that have experienced this in 2020 is this, we're going somewhere. That, that's the reason that we've that's good. walked through this storm. 
It's because it's because we're going somewhere. It's not because God's mad. It's not because God's upset. I mean, I say this all the time. If if we get what we deserve, we'd already be dead because of sin. Uh, I mean, let's just let's just be honest. So the fact that we're here is the grace of God, is the mercy of God. Uh, I'm grateful that it doesn't. He didn't say that. Surely his his judgment and firm hand would follow me all the days of my life. He said his goodness and mercy, because dear God knows I need it more than anybody else probably. Um, so I, I get excited about that to think the reason we've walked through this storm or held on through this storm, or even in some instances for pieces of the storm, maybe we've spoken to it, is because we're on the way to the other side. So my journey this year has been placing these two things together. If thriving is a pattern of moving us from a place where we've been held to a place. So thriving is not, I've gotten there. Thriving is the process of moving you from a place of, of, of bondage or, or, or not being where you want to be and, and getting you to the place of, of, of breakthrough that thriving. Um, and, and then the storm part is, is look, it's inevitable, but whether you walk on it, or speak to it or hold on through it. You're going somewhere. So let's figure out how we can process the right way as we move through the storm going in the right place. So that's, that's kind of the idea behind what I'm doing. That's, I mean, what you said is so true that, you know, you're either going through a storm or you got one on the way. It's very true. I, I, I can't find a place that, you know, that it doesn't ever happen to somebody in some, you know, some way or another. And you think about, uh, you know, the person that never thrives through the storms, never learns the lesson, never finds, uh, finds that truth. You know, they just look at these things as punishments and things that are coming against them. And, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, I, I said, look, you've got to quit agreeing with the negative. You got sure, to quit sure. cursing, word cursing yourself because something isn't turning out the way you would like for it to turn out, you know, and uh, because you're, you're getting what you're saying, you're, you're, you're stopping your own motion going forward. So I love that this year that we've come through that even, even this book, I mean, look there, there's something that's thriving through this. There's something that's going to come out of this. That's going to benefit people, not just currently, but for generations to come. What would you say, uh, and again, you can give one or two, but just things that kind of come right out of your heart. What are just some of the big keys that you'd want to share uh, briefly? And then we'll close up on what it is that uh, helps us to thrive through a storm and to move forward. Uh, some of these will certainly be ideas and chapters that, that, that we share. Some of them are simple things that I think we all just kind of, we know, um, but, but probably don't, you know, forget it. At times, I mean, so, so two probably simple type takeaways. Number one is, is just just keep going and don't give up, mm. uh, even if it's a small step every day. If nothing else, the consistency. And, and I think it was birthed more out of a, you know, the first month when we, we were, you know, two months that we couldn't be in our building. We were having to remotely do everything. You know, it went from you know you could do a lot of work seeing people and dealing with things just verbally seeing people for services, uh, connect with them and, and move them in processes and things, you, you know, th so that was, that was off the board. And, and so I felt like I had to connect with them, but a daily, you know, and so that launched the having daily communion. Now, you know, as of your broadcast, I'm 261 consecutive nights 
praying, having communion, having a word from God's word, and having fellowship time for 15 or 20 minutes each night by design, not, not accidental, but by design, design. And so, you know, just the thought of, of taking a step each day and the story that I always tell is, you know, here's the story of Ruth, you know, Naomi makes her way back from Moab to Jerusalem after the, you know, the famine and there's food now in Israel and she's going home, but she's going home, light a husband and light two sons that have, that have died in Moab. And she, all she's got is these two Moabite daughter-in-laws, right? Ruth and Orpha. And she gets to the basically the state line and looks at him and says, there's nothing for you where I'm going. I mean, I'm going back to be a beggar and I'll have no house. I have no place to, to go. And, and if you go with me, it's a, it's an awful life that you're going to live. And, you know, they all oh, know we're going to go with you. And she insists, no, go back to your families. You can, and, and, you know, her, I think her concern for these two daughter-in-laws was, I can't give you anything. I don't have any more children for you to marry. I'm too old to have more children. There is just, there's just nothing for you. And Orpha turns around and goes back to her family. But, you know, Ruth makes the, the famous statement, I'm going where you go. I'm going to lodge where you lodge. I'm going to eat where you eat. I'm going to worship where you worship. Your God's going to be my God. And if, any, if I don't keep this word, may I die. And, um, you know, I've always found the most fascinating fact is this. Fast forward to the end of the story. Not what happens to Ruth, but for me, the fascinating part is the descendants, the legacy, right? of the yeah. two daughter-in-laws. Ruth ends up having, through multiple generations, a man named David that becomes the king of Israel, the second king of Israel. But Orpha also has a legacy. Her legacy is Goliath the giant. He becomes one of her great-grandchildren. Isn't this interesting that one lady turns around and goes home, and her legacy is a giant-sized problem? And one lady, though she doesn't see the answer going forward, but she just says, yeah. I don't know where this is going to land, but I'm just going to keep taking a step forward. And she ends up, by no birthright at all, ends up becoming the great-great-grandmother of the king. And then ultimately, through that lineage comes Jesus, our Messiah. So just the simplicity yeah. of don't, don't quit. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't throw up your hands. Do those disciplines. Pray, read your Bible, take communion, worship, be in a gathering, be in an apostolic community of fellowship. I mean, I know at times we get wearied from those things, but even just the small steps of those things make a difference. So, so that number one, the second thing, and this is probably the, the big thing for me, I, I didn't realize how much, and, and I hope nobody clips this part off and goes, man, what kind of derelict did Don have on the show today? <laughs> But, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't realize how much idolatry was in my life uh, before I got to this point in, you know, in my life. And, and if you'd have asked me a year ago, was that true? I would have told you, absolutely not. And, and the idolatry is not what you would think. It's not a possession or money, and it's not even as much as I like to play golf and all that kind of, it's not those kind of things. Here's what I realized my idolatry was. I didn't have a word from God, a real word from God for myself. And for my family and for the, I mean, I mean, I don't mean I got a scripture. I mean, I got a walking order word from God. Mm. What I had done was this. I had talked to this friend and heard his, and I took that piece and I went somewhere else and I got that piece and I went somewhere else in that piece. And I came back and I put it together and I called it a division. And in reality, what it was is it was nothing more 
than what the children of Israel did when they got to Mount Sinai the first time at the first Pentecost. They basically took all these different things and made them a golden calf. And I realized that that's exactly what I had done. You know, this year, and I'll, I'll just be brief with the story, but you know, it really was the turning point for my life. Uh, and it was the, it was, instead of it being the beginning point, it really was the culmination for me to step over into this next year. Um, you know, part of what we have done around here is track on a biblical calendar of times that God meets and speaks. And yes, is God available all the time for us? Yes. But there are times that God appoints to come and meet with, with us. And, and, uh, we believe prophetically that one of those times is around the Hebraic new year, which is in the fall. You know, there's those feast schedules of, um, you know, uh, Trump feast of trumpets and Yom Kippur and tabernacles and th those three times. We'll make a short, you know, long story short. Um, we have long set aside that one day. It's not a day of trying to repent and get right with God in that mindset, but let's set aside. If it's such an important day to God, why don't we set aside the time and let's have 24 hours of prayer be quiet, be still. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a movement type of person, even if my body's not moving, my mind's moving, doing other things. And so to turn everything off and be still for 24 hours was a daunting task. But I just told my staff, the, you know, the building people, my family, look, I'm going up to the church at eight o'clock. I'm going to be there. I don't want anybody else in the building. I'm going to fast and pray, cut my phone off, no TV, no, not even worship music. I'm going to be still for 24 hours. I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to be, be still. Got some water. That's it, period. Nothing else. And, I, and, you know, I got up to the church about 745, and as I was pulling in, it was the worst lightning storm. I'm thinking, Lord, of all times, really? And uh, I pull onto the street where the church is, and there's five fire trucks just screaming down the road. And I'm, I'm, as soon as I got behind them, I'm like, Lord, please don't let them be turning into church. Sure enough, all five of them turned in the church building that night, 745. Pull up, lightning had struck the building. Long story short, um, probably 20 grand worth of damage. Air conditioners, fire, the, and the, the big one was obviously just fried the fire panel, security cameras, all these different things. And, and uh, so I had the facility guy that met me here call. They brought um, uh, the guy out. We thought it was the guy that from the company, but he came out. I always thought it was strange when it had first happened that on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock in a lightning storm, this guy says, sure, I'll drive over, but I live, you know, hundred miles away, but he was here in 30 minutes. Number one, I thought that was strange. That is strange. He gets here, you know, I'm sitting there praying, you know, I already started my prayer time. And when he gets done, he's sitting in the foyer at the church at, at the table there. And I walk out and he makes two statements to me, Don. He says, are you the, are you the pastor? I said, yes. He said, this was an act of God. Nothing else. He didn't, you know, one of the things I, I just said, Lord, I want to, I'd come up to pray. I want to see my angel. I want to see an angel that's been assigned to me, Lord. And I, I need a word from you on what's going on with this environment. And um, so, you know, he leaves, we never get a bill from him and we can't confirm that he works for the company. Never got a bill for that visit. We ended up finishing all the paperwork on all the stuff, 20 grand worth of damage. A guy then calls me that goes to church here and says, Hey, I, I haven't been there in a couple of weeks. I've been out of town. haven't been able to tune into the services, but the Lord told me I've got a check I need to bring you. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, just put it in the mail. He goes, no, no, no. The Lord said, bring it to you today. I'm like, okay. 
He said, I've got the money. He said, but I haven't transferred it over into my account. This portion is set aside for the church. I need to bring it to you. I said, okay, bring it on. So he brought it up. Check was for $25,000. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, me being me, here's the funny conversation I had. I said, you know, I said, Lord, I appreciate the 25 grand. I said, would have been really nice though, if you hadn't let the lightning hit the church and we could have kept old 25 grand. (laughs) (laughs) And in that, I heard the Lord speak to me down in my spirit. He said, here's the word for the year. I'm the God of more than enough. Mm. And so I began to release that at every turn and every place. And it will be the moniker going into 2021. I will ask the people of the church, do you want to, do you want to reside under the umbrella of a place that has a word from God? Because I have one. I I have a word from God for us. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have an idol. I don't have a piece from my buddy here and my buddy there and my buddy there that I went and got and I put it all together and I've molded it. And I said, look, here's a vision. I, I have a word from God for this year. Do you want to come rest yourself under the canopy of this word? Now I've got something to compel people to come and be under because I got a word from God for us. Here's our word. We are serving the God of more than enough this year. That's, that's our word from him. So everything will be geared to that this year. Not because it's just cool, not because I like it, not because it's a scripture, but because of the encounter that I had with the Lord that he confirmed over the course of not just that night, but that, you know, period of yeah. week afterwards. And so we finished paying all the bills, 20 grand had the, the check 5,000 more, you know, than came in than what was necessary. And God said, I'm not just the God of enough. He said, if the repairs had been 25 grand, it would have been, I'm the God of enough, but I'm not the God of enough. I'm the God of more than enough. So every time something doesn't go my way since that point, Don, instead of me sinking back into fear, I just keep saying, I got a word from God wow. and God, you're the God of more than enough. So in the storm seasons, there are two things for people. I think they're imperative. Just the value of continuing and not quitting. You might be birthing a king size solution over creating a giant size problem and, and get you a word from God for your life, for your family. And, and you know, there's just, there's, there's no way that you can get that from any other time than, than just you and God talking about that and getting that from the Lord. Uh, and, and, and so those are, I think probably, I mean, I could go on with several other things, but, but I mean, I think those are the most important things I would leave with people that, that I has been my takeaway that I feel like is comforting for me going forward. Um, and, and, and I could rest easy, you know, Lord, I now I, I got marching orders. I, I know it. And so it's, we're not going to quit. And we're going to continue to hold this word up. You are the God of more. What's interesting is when I released the word, finally, um, this lady sent me a word um, that, you know, one of our leaders here in the church um, that you, you know, you would know quite well that have dealt with. Um, I want to, I want to read it verbatim because it was so, it was so really amazing. When I released the word for the first time, she said this, uh, she texted as I'm preaching the word, mm. I didn't see it till I got back to my office. She said, as you were preaching, I saw a bowl begin to tip. And the Lord spoke and says, we've hit the tipping point. We've been pouring in the bowl and pouring in the bowl and pouring in the bowl. And the bowl has tipped and finances have begun to pour out. And I believe the release of the word spoken today, declaring we're in a 
the of more than enough was significant. That you as the head of Thrive had to declare that, and now God has tipped the bowl of blessing, and they're pouring out over the church. So I love that I got something, and God sent a confirmation immediately. And so now at this point, I'm, I'm not looking at the natural things. I am only looking at the supernatural word that supersedes all what I can see at this point. Uh, and then that's, that's all I can do is, is to believe the God that's more than enough. So I think that's kind of my takeaway, Don, as we, as we flip the calendar of, you know, for this year is to, I will just continue to come back to this word and say it over and over and over again, because I believe, and I probably would end the year with this message and, and have some prophetic, you know, declarations on that last Sunday of this year. Um, I wanted you to come preach, but you know, I'm a, now we have to do prophetic declarations and things. So, um, but we can um, do that. Yeah, uh, but but I, you know, I, I feel like it's it's important um, because you know I think in people's, <laughs> my wife Kelly and I, we, I mentioned her, she she's just so awesome. Um, um, you know, we have this conversation all the time that you know, it's like people magically think we're going to get to December the thirty first and the calendar's going to flip and it's going to be better. <laughs> I love, I love that about us. I mean, it's silly, but don't you love that? It's like people are like, thank God this is almost over. It's almost January the 1st. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to lose but, weight and all this is going to go away. It's, exa- it's the same people that are going to join the gym January the 1st and Absolutely. have a whole new eating plan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love, uh, you know, everything you're saying. And uh, I'll tell you what really stood out to me is that, all of this matters because of an encounter. Yes. Because of an encounter with him. And the, the, one of the key things that I see when I look at your life and I listen to people, you know, cause I'm trying, I, I've eliminated one of the things I've done personally is I've eliminated almost all news. I don't even hardly, I don't listen to news. True. I basically am choosing very uh, carefully what streams I am, you know, in, and what I'm listening to, if it's not driving me toward faith and trusting the Lord and, and grabbing a hold of him, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it because that's the difference, you know, between, am I going to end up at the end of this year going into 2021 with a great testimony, great encounter with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I love what you're sharing. I, I can't wait to read the book. I'm excited that uh, I'll be part of it as your uh, okay. publisher. And yes, uh, will. excited about, you know, doing the promotion with you. Very excited. And uh, I think there's going to be right up, And you're going to be one of the several forwards at the front of the book, right? Oh, absolutely, man. All right. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, I'll go ahead and craft that forward today and get it over to you, of course. But uh, no, very excited about it. And uh, I just can't wait till it comes out. And uh, maybe after it does come out and just some of the takeaways that come from it, we'll do this again. But I can't thank you enough for being on here with me today. Uh, Kevin, love you very much. and Love you and your family very much. Thank you. You made a difference in my life. I, pre- I appreciate your friendship and partnership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, where can uh, people get in contact with you if they hear this today and they're like, hey, I want to stay in touch with uh, Kevin, hear about his book when he comes out, maybe connect to the ministry. What's the best way? And we'll put this up on the website for people to get as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I love to, I mean, two, two, several possibilities obviously is the, 
the church's website, um, which is thriveapopka.com, or, uh, you know, all the social media platforms are Thrive Church Apopka, all, all of the, whether it's Facebook or, uh, and then my name personally is just, you know, follow on, on social media. Uh, I don't even know what my, my name is on Facebook. I, I, I think it's just at Kevin Craig, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, you know, I have, I have media uh, children that run, uh, that, that run all that. I, I just, I just sit down and they point it and, and, and point at me and I start. And, well, we'll so, get the information from your children and we'll put it up for you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Listen, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Well, I hope that each of you uh, enjoyed this today. Um, you know, I, as I was putting together my thoughts on talking about uh, Kevin's upcoming book and this whole theme of uh, storm thriving, I know that there's a lot of people uh, that they look at what's going on, they're discouraged by it, they're looking to find the hope and uh, belief in the middle of it. I just encourage you, you know, go back and listen to this again. Go back and maybe uh, research some of the different uh, scriptures or teachings that he shared in this broadcast and, and just really look forward to what God has before you. And, uh, you know, this, the whole purpose of this uh, broadcast is to share things that will help each of us uh, live the life we're destined to, to live and to be successful and to get through the storms of life uh, that are going to come just as he shared. And so I want to encourage you to share this with other people that you think would be encouraged by this. Uh, you can go to YouTube to Coach Don Newman and actually subscribe. You can actually hit the notification where the little bell is. And when this comes up uh, in the future, other future broadcasts, you'll be notified. So I encourage you to do that, share that with other people. If you like the podcast version, you can go to iTunes to Living a Life Worth Remembering and get the podcast version where you can listen to the audio version alone. But thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing in these times together with me. Uh, we're all believing that 2021 is going to be a great year and that we will continue to live a life worth remembering. God bless each and every one of you.